the more we get to know him, the more we know that we are not right. But we are surrendering what is not right to the Lord in order that he may change us into the image of his son who he really loves and has loved before the foundation of the world. And as I said in John 17, Jesus is praying for those of us who are in that relationship. We are now invited into that relationship, a relationship of perfection. Amen? A relationship that we could not get into on our own merit. We are not good enough, but God has given us grace and mercy. And because of that grace and mercy, we are now in a perfect relationship that will last forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen? Amen. Now, I'll just say this. My wife, Sunny, was very disciplined. Whatever she did, she was kind of like a Paul. Okay, so Paul, whatever he did, whether it was right or wrong, he did it 100%. (laughs) He could be going in the right direction, 100%, wrong direction, 100%. Before the Lord met him on Damascus Road, Paul just swore up and down that he was right. Amen? And he's going around killing Christians and doing all kinds of terrible stuff. And the Lord met him and took, not necessarily, uh, he did change him, but he didn't change certain things about him. There are certain things the Lord will change, and there are certain things he will not. Amen. There are certain things he will use. And I just, when you look at what Paul accomplished in the New Testament, you could say, realistically, that nobody worked harder than him for the kingdom. Sonny was that type of person. What she believed is what she believed, and and she was going to do it to the hilt, and she was going to not only preach about it, speak about it, but exemplify it in her life. So, you know, we're going to have family devotions, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do that. We're going to teach our children the Word of God, and she was faithful to that. You know, we we sat down, and we we groomed our children in the Word of God. She, you you never had to ask her when we're going to do Bible study. You know, that's just what she was going to do. That's what she was about. She was 110%. And so one of the scriptures that we would often go through is the qualification for elders found in Timothy. Uh, But I can give you just a a snapshot of it here in Titus. Um, Titus 1, verses 7 through, let's go about maybe 9. I'll just do that. And the word of God reads, it says in Titus 1, 7 through 9, it says, A church leader is a manager of God's household, so he must live a blameless life. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered. He must not be a heavy drinker, violent or dishonest with money. Rather, he must enjoy having guests in his home, and he must love what is good. He must live wisely and be just. He must live a devout and disciplined life. He must have a strong belief in the trustworthy message he was taught. Then he will be able to encourage others with wholesome teaching and show those who oppose it 
where they are wrong. Father, we thank you so much, Father, for your word. We thank you just for this brief time that we can go before you. We just ask that you would just bless this time, Father, and encourage us, Father, to be more and more like Jesus Christ uh, from today on. And we thank you for what you're doing. Amen. I just want to quickly just say to you that those are qualifications that every believer, not just church leader, must possess. Amen? We don't want to be people who are living unholy lives. We don't want to be people that are stingy and greedy with money. We don't want to be people that are um, hoarding goods and coveting things. We don't want to be people um, that, that, that are liars or uh, mistreating folks. We want to be people that, you know, show hospitality, bring people into your home and and love on folks. Amen. Uh, we don't want to be a person who is blame. It has a lot of blame attached to our name. Amen. People who are rebellious. We don't want to be arrogant. We don't want to be quick tempered. Right, Doritha? <laughs> Amen. We want to be people of God. Why? Because of what God has done for us. So when we receive Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ comes to live in us, the Holy Spirit specifically, and he begins to make changes. Amen? One of the things I will never forget is uh, growing up at Love Center, you know, the dress code was a little loose. <laughs> just, you know, just a little loose. I'll just leave it at that. Amen. And so when my wife and I came back from New York, we, you know, we just got right in there. It's like, okay, praise the Lord. Any kind of way, <laughs> anyhow, look any kind of way. So, you know, there was a few Sundays, and I'll just pick one Sunday because my wife was hilarious with this. There's a few Sundays when my wife would come out of the house. It was just the two of us. We had no children. And um, we were young in the faith. And she would say to me, you know, okay, let's go. Let's get ready to go. And I would take a look at her because, you know, as husbands and wife, we check each other out before you go. You know, so we could tell some of y'all ain't, ain't married. <laughs> So we would, we, would, we would check each other out. And I would say to my wife, I'd say, sweetie, I'd say, um, are, are we ready to go to church? And she would say, yes. I'm ready to go. Let's go. We're going to be late. And I would say, like, um, you know, because you don't want to get in trouble. You, want, you know, you want to start no mess in your, in, your, in your marriage. I would say something to the tune of, do you want to go back in and get the rest of your outfit? <laughs> do you want to did we forget anything because <laughs> I don't know if you rem, some of you may not know Sonny but back in the day Sonny would wear some things that were questionable questionable and then we had this youth group called Spirit and the joke was there's all kinds of spirits up in the pulpit <laughs> But we had this youth group called Spirit, and Sonny was the front man or the director of that choir, that youth group. And she would be directing in a very flamboyant way with what I perceived to be half of her worship outfit. And they, we got in trouble for those things. And, and, and I, I saw... That time, and, and I remember fast-forwarding to the time when the Lord gripped her heart, and just like Paul, 
who would do whatever he did 100% on this side. Sonny did 100%, you know, uh, 180 <laughs> on that side to the point to where she was just covered up. I mean, she covered everything. I would try to find her in her church outfit. Just, where did you go? Because <laughs> she was like, I just want to be covered from head to toe from Jesus. Now, here's the thing. Watching her go from this extreme to that extreme, we would fight about that. We were like, okay, I don't know if I agree with all that. But the thing I'm trying to tell you is, is when God gets a hold of you, amen, there's going to be a change. There's going to be a change. Now, some people may feel you've gone too far or you're not going, you know, as far as you need to go. That's between you and the Lord. You know, and I would always say that's between you and God. I'm going to stay out of it and stay in the safe zone. But the thing is, is I noticed that there was a progression. Now, here's the thing. God, that, that progression was not instantaneous. It was something that happened gradually over time. And one of the things I noticed about my wife is there was a progress or a, pro, a progression of holiness that took place. Some people say, well, Sonny was this and Sonny was that and it's amazing. And they didn't recognize or remember her in her early days. I got a chance to see this progressive Holy Spirit field, day by day, holiness transformation. But what happened for me, what, what I had to sit back and look at is, wow, God, Look at how patient you are with us. Look at how loving you are with us. I don't know about you, and I'm just using that as an example, but is there anybody else in the house that's seen God just kind of just grow them day by day, little by little, and while you're getting your stuff together and everybody's looking at you funny and crazy and stuff like that, and God is just, just grooming you and shaping you into what he wants you to be. And that end process, that end goal, of course, we know is glorification. But the beautiful thing about our Lord and Savior is he just walks with you. You know, he just kind of takes step by step with you. Amen? I'm grateful to God about that. So when we look at these things, we see what we ought to be. We see how we ought to serve the Lord. And as I said, it's not just a church leader that should not be, you know, involved in these things. There's not just church folks that should be, or, or church leadership, rather, should I say, that are supposed to be people who are inviting people into their homes to share the gospel and to be a people of hospitality or whatever, or live in a disciplined life. It's everyday church folks. Amen? It's about elders here, but they're picking from people who are saved. So it shouldn't be that we're just waiting on the elders to be people that don't have a hot temper. <laughs> you know, what I mean? you don't just become a, a person who's got a cool and calm head the moment we slap the elder title on, title on you. It ought to be something that's happening already inside the believer. Amen. We should be humble people, people who are humble. I mean, it should not be that once you become a person that has a church title, that all of a sudden you practice humility. Amen? Now, with all of these things that we're supposed to be and do and have a, I love this part right here where it says, a devout and disciplined life. There are some things that God gives you um, that, that are just gifts and talents and ability. 
And one of the things I learned from Sonny that was interesting is Sonny would always do this. She would say, I know what God gave me, but now I'm going to do my part with what God gave me. Some people wait around and wait, you know, for, for Jesus to sprinkle something on you before you get activated in doing what God wants you to do. The truth is, is he's already given you the spark. He's already given you life. He's already given you what you, whatever you need. Now, the development of those things, where you begin to mature in those things, that is something that we play a part in. Amen? So if, if, you're, if God is calling you to do something or work for him in his kingdom, he gives you the gifts and the talents and the ability to do that. But then we also practice those things on a daily basis. We get better and better at that. I live a holy life, not just because God has made me holy. I want to actually walk this out. You hear what I'm saying? I actually want to work out my own salvation with fear and trembling. Amen. I want to do my part in it. So I saw son do that. But here's the thing I want to say to you and then I'm going to get off of the stage. Discipline alone will not do it. Somebody's already know where I'm going. Discipline alone will not do it. Turn to John 17 real quick. Nope. Gospel of John. John 17. Mm. As I said here, Jesus is praying a long prayer for the believers. Thank you for helping her. For those that were given to him. They are mine, Lord. Jesus said that to his father. All those that you have given me, all those that you have given me are mine. Isn't that interesting? So they belong to the father and they belong to the son. Jesus is the God man. He is also God. So you and I, before the foundation of the world, were given by the father to Jesus who received us when he completed his mission at Calvary by dying on the cross for our sins. He paid for the right to be our ruler and king with his own blood. So now we belong to Jesus. We are his church. We are the bride of Christ. Amen. And with that comes the Holy Spirit. Amen. When we get saved, we receive the Holy Spirit. We receive the down payment. He starts doing things in us. Amen. And we, as I said, do our part as well. But here, I see in the ninth verse, Jesus makes a rather interesting distinction. He says, my prayer is not for the world, John 17, 9, but for those you have given me. Not that he doesn't care about the world. Not that he's not interested in people getting saved. But his attention at this time is on those who belong to him, those who are his followers, those who are going to do the will of God. Amen. Those who are saved. My prayer is not for the world, but for those you have given me because they belong to you. All who are mine belong to you and you have given 
uh, them to me, so I, so they bring me glory. And I said to you last week how we glorify God and glorify Jesus is by looking like him. We exemplify him. We, we represent him in everything that we do. So it's not just about clapping your hands saying giving God glory, as I said. It's about actually doing what Jesus would do, living what Jesus would live, thinking how Jesus thinks. Amen? Amen. And he says, now I am departing from the world, and here's the thing I want to show you. They are staying in this world. Jesus is leaving. He's telling his, his boys, I'm leaving you. And you are staying in this world. He says, but I am coming to you, Holy Father. You have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. During my time here, I protected them by the power you, of the name you've given me. I guarded them so that none was lost, except for the one headed for destruction, the son of perdition, as it says in, in, in a different epistle. What I'm trying to say to you is this. Our discipline and what we do, kind of like what Sonny showed us, is part of it. The other part is, Jesus prayed for you. He prayed protection for you. He prayed unity for all of us. Without Jesus helping us, I don't care how disciplined you are, you will not make it. So one of the things we want to do is we want to look at that I pick myself up by the bootstraps <laughs> kind of mentality, but balance it with the essential truth that if it had not been for Jesus, if it had not been for the Lord who was watching after me and protecting me, he said, I protected them, Father, when I was there. Now, Lord, you protect them. Why? Because they don't know themselves that well. They don't know what they'll get into. They don't know how disunified they could be. They don't know how they could end up not representing me. Lord, you protect them, Father, by your name. So what am I saying to you? The balance is this. We do what we must do, what we're commanded to do. And we go in the strength knowing that God has already made a way because Jesus has prayed for us. He's prayed for us. So what do we do from here, saints? We've had to move. We've had a pandemic. <laughs> we had to change our service time. We had to go through cancer with Sister Pastor. We've lost Sister Pastor. She's no longer here. What do we do now? What do we do, huh? Keep going. Carry on. Huh? In the name of Jesus, knowing that, Jesus is backing us up. Amen? We do our part knowing that God has already prayed for us and that he has given us the victory so we can move on from this place. Amen. We can actually do what God has called us to do. What does that look like? Well, Lord, here's my life. I told, my, I told God this morning, I said, 
I don't know what the future looks like. I have no clue of what you're getting ready to do. But I want to lay my life down for you. I want to say to the God, I want to say to God, whatever it is that you have called me to do, I want to say yes to your will. And that means God moving us out of certain places, and then we got to get our Sonny Hawkins on. You know what that means? We got to be extreme about it. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? Knowing that God has blessed us and God has called us and Jesus has prayed for us and he's going to give us the victory in it. Amen? That's all I want to say. Amen? God bless you. I love you. I'm praying for you. We're going to be okay. We are going to be okay. Things will change, but we're going to be okay. Amen? Father, we thank you so much for allowing us to grieve, allowing us to feel our emotions. Our emotions let us know that there's something going on in our hearts, Father, so those emotions can be healthy. We thank you, Father, that we can feel that we're not stuck, that we're not paralyzed, Father. We thank you that you are going to do something in our lives, Father, that is magnificent. We thank you for the example that you have given through my wife, God. We thank you, Father, for the example of being a wife, the example of being a mother, the example of being an evangelist, God, the example of being a worshiper, Father. She was all those things, Father. We thank you, Father, for the progressive holiness, Father, the example that you showed us, Father, of how you could bring somebody from one side all the way to the other side, holding their hand, Father. We're asking, God, that you would help us to remember that and to glorify you for that because that was your work, God. Not Sonny. That was your, what you did, God. And we ask, Father, that you would help us to use that example, Father, in our own lives in such a way, Father, that we tell others about what you have done for us, Father. That others will grow. That others will come to know the saving love of Jesus Christ. We thank you for these things. And we're asking that you would just touch this church. We've been through a lot, God. We've been through an awful lot, God. But we know that you are with us, God. We know that you're going to see us through. We know, Father, that the future that you have for us is yet and still bright, God. That you will be with us, Father, from this point on, Father. And we thank you for holding our hand through this. We pray for the children. We ask, God, that you would comfort their hearts, Father, as they are dealing with something that is huge to them, God, that they may not even know how to express, God. We thank you for the love that is going to come from those of us who are mature in Christ that will pour into the lives of these beautiful children, Father. We thank you for what you're going to do with their lives, Father, and how they will come from this place, Father, from this pain, Father, in a, in a certain way, Father, where they actually trust you even more, God. We thank you that the enemy will not be allowed to have these children, we stand against the enemy in anything that he would try to do to discourage them from knowing you and making you known. We thank you for the legacy of Sonny Hawkins, Father. And we thank you for this church. And we thank you for Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen.